You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. That's right, guys. I'm reporting live from northern Minnesota. <laughs> it's pretty it's there. How long this has been on my desk waiting to use that as a prop? <laughs> Is it next to your, uh, your skid loader that you have? Oh, man. I've been having some fun. You you actually been... You climbed into one and making it happen over there? Yeah. I... Uh, <laughs> I did. I, I've done it for, I did it up at my place in Alex. I uh, went in and did the whole process of having a, a lakeshore alteration permit pulled with the land and resources at the county. Did all the work and uh, I'm still working on it now. I got a couple of boulders I want to put in place, but a lot of fun. I, I don't normally get to do that kind of stuff. So for me, um, that was pretty cool. Nick, Nick, do you remember when we had one of those? Bobcat, um, at uh, Park Lake, one of those Park Lake houses, right? The... Yeah, yeah, one seventieth. Man, I love that thing. Yeah. And then I was being naughty and trying to manipulate my creek. I shouldn't say this on here, I guess. And I got stuck it's in it. It's just us. Like, Chris, don't worry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that, but I think the statute of limitations is over, so I can't get arrested anymore. So. Yeah. But after well, that, that's when I got rid of it. You got to wonder, like, you know, with some of those projects over the years, there's people that literally look like they dug a moat in from the lake, put a boat slip for themselves. And you're like, how did they do that? Yeah. And it just nobody caught them and they just left it for how many years? And that this is a whole topic of conversation. You know how they you know, like, you know how they catch you? It's past aerials. Mm -hmm. That's how they get you. And they, they do like historical aerials. I mean, have you seen those? This is so yeah. cool when you get those, those, you know, from years from 1930 till, till now. And they have all that. They do that a lot um, with environmental testing when you're doing phase ones and phase twos, just to kind of see what was there and if something was filled in. Yeah. I, I suppose that's the only way they can really regulate that. So, yeah. Yeah. They catch little guys like you, but you have permits, so you're fine. Yeah, I, I'm doing it by the, the book. So I'm following. I went in and applied for the permits, um, following the rules. And people come over and they go, oh, you're going to get in so much trouble. And I'm like, oh, am I? And then they, they, they have like this. Now I have this bad boy image, um, which I probably don't deserve. But That's the new city guy up there. Take it over. You yeah. uh, so did you actually buy a Bobcat? Or are you? Not, not this time. Not yet. I um. You know, because I don't even have a cabin. I just have a raw piece of land. And so I'm manipulating, you know, uh, cutting in a beach. To, just to give a quick description, there's it's a very level lot. But at the lake, it drops four feet. And it's straight down. And it was like it was like a shelf of sand. And so I basically just cut the triangle out so that we could get down to the beach without climbing. Or, you know, I've got friends of mine that are on wheels. And so if we want to go down and get out on the boat or something... I, I can't get them to the dock even. So, um, which is on its way too, by the way. Well, they allowed that. They allowed that. Yeah. You'd be able to do that. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. They're pretty relaxed with about 25 feet. I, the rule is from what I've heard is that, you know, they understand that, you know, there's, there's, um, they don't want you to touch. They don't want you to disturb. They want, you know, natural things like boulders and whatever. But if you go in there and explain your situation and how you're looking for access to the lake, and, you know, I believe up to 25 feet, they let you kind of have a little, as long as you follow their rules, they'll let you have that alteration there. And, and the thing is, is this, if you work with, I found this, I, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but if you follow the rules and you actually cooperate with people that are in those jobs, it works really well. They, they, all they're asking for is a little input. They want to know what you're doing. They want to be aware of what's happening. And if you follow the rules, there really isn't um a side effect you know what i'm saying yeah and i think they that's what they want they don't want you to kind of go rogue but if they're super tough on you all the time that's what that's why you go rogue you know and a lot of people are just like you know what i'm just going to do it myself and i'll ask for forgiveness instead 
Well, you know, it was like when I when I was trying to be Mr. Goody, uh, new home or land owner up there, and I, I I bought from a friend. I bought one of those, you know, those uh, old they look like old pontoons, but they're for swimming on, you know, platform thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I put it out, and I was going to put it out in the lake, and I thought, you know what, just for for uh, just to be that guy, the, the professional, I should call and I call, call the county and I'm like, geez, what, what do we do with these things? Do you register them? Or they're like, well, I don't know what you do with them. You don't need anything from us. Well, bottom line was I kept asking because I know there was when uh, my cousin years ago uh, up in uh, on Lake Mitchell on big, in big Lake, his raft got hit um, at night by a boater. Um, mm-hmm. And he didn't have like reflective stickers on it and it wasn't licensed and he got a citation. So I go, oh, you know, there's got to be something to that. So basically you go to the sheriff's office. I know this is boring for real estate people, but um, if you have a, a platform or anything that's in the water, all the sheriff wants to do is say, yep, we know it's there. Here's what we want you to do. Put some reflective stickers on it. So if somebody's at night boating, they don't hit it um, or whatever. And then uh, I, I, so that I followed the rules, got the permit. They didn't even charge me anything uh, up there, uh, the sheriff. So they're like, hey, thanks for being professional and telling us what's up. And and uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That uh, I'm curious on your dock. How long from the time you ordered it till the time you got it? Well, it's still on order. Um, they So there are some guys that are ahead of a schedule where they're starting to finally catch up, you know, with docks. Um, I wanted a certain color, certain width, you know, certain rolling wheels because of the situation we have there. I'm basically on, I, I describe it as hard gravel, you know, so it's, it's, um, it, I mean, you can roll a car right into the lake. I could probably even load a boat there, but it's, it, you know, and then the wind blows just right and it's all sandy. And then the next week you come back and the rough water and all of a sudden there's rocks, little rocks exposed. But wow. I think that's what keeps the integrity of the, the beach together. But, uh, and I bring that up about the dock because I mean, during COVID, I mean, they were a year behind. If you wanted to get a dock, I mean, and buy and use docks was like a huge business. But to be able to get one, you know, we waited. I mean, we well, we actually we never got the dock. It was the lift, um, and we finally just gave up on the dock. But we had a lift because we had another dock, but I wanted to get a new one, and it was it's like impossible. But we were able to get a lift, which was, um, I, I mean, a feat. It that was last year, and it kind of came. It was about a four month. Four month wait for that, which was actually pretty good. But well, there there is stuff available. Like if you go to the the you know dock shops or whatever around your local community, and there are some some that have inventory, but then you're limited to the colors and the sizes. And yeah, yeah, cool. When you pay that much, who wants to who wants to limit yourself? You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think about the market, Mister Prasky? Well, I'm, uh, I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm feeling pretty optimistic again. And for those of us that are hoping for the market prices all to fall so that houses are affordable again, uh, to them, um, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I am starting to see where it feels like the market is getting back on its feet. Um, they're used to the current interest rates and rates have even, you know, been softening a little bit here and there. Um, uh, you know, so it, I'm seeing buyers out pretty feverishly. I'm seeing houses, listing but they're they're not getting the what i would say is the hypes out of the market you know the 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 chaotic you know auction style here it's listed jump 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 give us everything you got that's gone but it's a very healthy market right now it feels feels like it's a buyer's market because it's going back to just a normal seller's market but yeah i think us us listing agents need to be pretty cognizant of where we're listing the houses at now too you got to you got to get a you got to get it right otherwise it, it can cost you and you know i'm i'm having talks with future sellers as well and just like guys we have to we have to hit that price right it's not like hey let's see it but a lot of people have that it's much more it's worth much more than probably what it is kind of mentality mm. and you just kind of have to kind of reel it back and you got to show them with examples uh, of different things that are happening. There's some markets again, that are, that are really good. I mean, that are hot little markets. We have, I mean, South of the river, if you have like a detached uh, main level living townhome uh, association living, you're, you're doing really well. You know, you're, you're getting multiple offers and, and people are, 
uh, jumping in right away and wish to see that. But there's other points that just it's it's just kind of dead. You're not getting any showings whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's true. And I think there's a lot of people that are thinking that uh, just because something's changed and, you know, a lot of these younger buyers have never seen anything except for the crazy hyper market. So, you know, like this, you know, you just have to misbehave and do this and and jump through hoops and, you know, offer crazy money. And and so now when the market's going back to a 30 day seller market, you know, you, you kind of get to that point of where you have a uh, I don't know, it just feels odd to people, just like anything else. I've given this example a million times of the driving down the road and you're driving really fast through North or South Dakota, and then you hit the Minnesota border and you have to slow back down. And it feels like you're walking, even though you're still flying down the freeway and the market's still moving very healthy. Um, I was, I was actually just looking at a chart the other day showing how many houses were on the market in 2007. Okay. And 2006. And it was, it was like crazy, like 22 million homes. And right now there's like 4 million homes nationally on the market. And so it was showing how everybody that keeps saying, oh, we're going back to this housing crisis. Remember, housing caused the last major recession like that. The housing, it brought down the, the economy with it. And right now the economy is having trouble on its own. It's not the housing that's having problems because it's, again, you'll hear this a million times now. People are starting to really recognize it's a supply and demand game. So in real estate where, you know, there's not enough supply for the amount of demand that's there. And if consumer confidence sways, this is where those naysayers might win a little bit on their opinions is that it, there'll just be less people coming to the marketplace. And so I feel, I still think you've got the basic, you know, 40% of the market that's going to keep moving no matter what, because of, you know, death, divorce, you know, family growing or whatever job transfer, whatever. But the economy still, you know, when you look at a job's, percentage and you look at whatever, I mean, people are still working. They still have paychecks coming in. They're still going to, they just need to get used to the new temperature that we're in. And, and I think we're fine. I, that's, that's the key. You just, it's, there was like a little pause, like, okay, what's going to happen. And all of a sudden people are like getting a little more comfortable. All right, here's where we're at. This is the new normal. All right. We're going to do it or not going to do it. And, or the, these rates going to pop back down. And I think people are like, okay, let's, now we can start shopping again. So. It's yeah, it's uh, yeah, we're, we're good in, in the big scheme of things. We're good. I mean, trying to uh, replicate what's happened the last couple of years is probably never, ever going to happen again in our lifetimes. So we move forward. Awesome. Hey, let's get into some funny memes. I found some great ones. But before we do that, it's going to be brought to you by Chris Rooney, home experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I like that guy. We should get him on our show sometime. Oh, boy. What do we got here? A for sale by owner. <laughs> that's their that's their photo on a for sale by owner through Zillow. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. What is that, a selfie? Let's see that again. Wow. It's it's the third photo. So there was two photos before that of the home, and then she I think messed up and uploaded this one. Oh I thought that was that actress from uh, uh, how, how is it? Not How I Met Your Mother, but uh, where there's the mom and the daughter on the show, and they're both divorced and living together and yeah. getting back on their feet. I forget the name of that one, but I think those some of these pictures that happen where the realtors are doing them themselves, and then all of a sudden there's an angle that they don't see themselves reflected on. And it's just like, oh, geez. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's one thing that you have to do. Your first impression is on the internet. You have to have professional photos. You have to. You can't not have them. And I, I still see realtors taking them with their cell phones. I mean, it's crazy to me. <sighs> yeah. 
Okay, so this next one, there's been some weird MLS descriptions. I want to see what you guys think about how they write these ones. Okay. Here I am, here I am. Oh boy, the house is talking. I'm a super cute home sitting on a fence corner lot in the West Side District. I may look small, but I'm really bigger than I look. Oh my God. Oh, and then my owner, it's like it's a pet. My owner would consider a red back if it's a long closing. Well, I'll tell you what, if I was doing that as a realtor, I would 100% have the okay from my seller before I tried doing that. Because that that can just, I mean, first impression. And it's the, I think the thing is, is maybe you can have that on a brochure sitting at the house. Yeah. But when you get a first impression like that, I mean, you're, you're trying to get as many people as you can. And it might be really cute for some. And then the other ones are like, oh, geez, they're just playing games and we move on. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm well, not let, me, let me say this, Chris. Oh, finally, a cute description. I want to go buy that house. Yeah. Right, no, right. that's not how people buy. I don't I don't want to hear how cute my truck is when I'm buying it. Yeah. I want to know what it does, how it compares to others. I mean, and I, I see I, it. More of a comparison, more than you don't just fall. That's a dating thing. Yeah. You're, you're, they're trying to get you to fall in love with their cute and charm and their whatever. And come out and see us how cute we are. We're bigger than we look. And and there might be that quirky buyer that's out there, but most of my buyers over the years would be like flush. <laughs> hey, Andy, have you heard? I heard this one. This was I thought it was really good. Yeah. That you know when you're talking about the market and what the interest rates are doing and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. It's that they said you marry a home, you only date an interest rate. And that's a big, that's, I know, I thought that was really good. Cammie Gerald gave me that one. And, that, that's, um, well, Cammie, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's funny. Yeah, I thought that was really good because I'm like, but it's true. I mean, you're okay, that house is what you're going to marry, but you can always get a new interest rate. So, yeah. Yeah. so thinking, not thinking 30 years out. You know, think a couple of years out. I mean, every time I buy houses for myself and or flips, I'm always thinking maybe a two-year thing. I don't look at it like, hey, this is a million dollars. I look at it like, you know what, this is going to cost me 50000 yeah. over two years. And then it just, it, it makes your, um, I don't know, your mind deal with it a lot better than, yeah. and, and you make the right decision still. Yeah. I had a good a friend of mine who's also a client of mine who's a very successful businessman. And I'm like, my God, how do you do this? How do you, you know, grab all this stuff and do this? And and he said, I just take a zero, one or two zeros off. And it's interesting because you say 10 million, and now you look at one zero off, it's only one million. And then two zeros still is hundred thousand. I know it's still, but you you just you don't let that get in the way of your thinking, in which most people do. Right. So. Well, you know, and you know, it was kind of interesting the other night. Uh, those of you that follow that, Dave Ramsey, um, I'm one of his agents or whatever, you know. So it's interesting. So they they put out he put out a why the housing market isn't going to crash video. It's about an hour long. It's free. You can uh, find it on YouTube if you want to watch it. It was it, it, pretty interesting. And he was talking about number one. He goes the amount of trolls that have been naysayers that are like all over me and 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 coming at me. And he goes. Keep bringing it. He goes, that means I'm making you think. And he goes, that's what I like to do, which I thought was really an interesting statement. But he went through and talked about exactly what you're talking about when you're saying dating interest rates and marrying the house. And he said, okay, let's pick any time. You know, this is when your mom and dad bought their house for 52000 which was five times their earning for the year, right? So they were making 20000 a year and your house was 50 or whatever it was. And he goes, so now you look at the ratios of that. That's you make a hundred thousand here. That's like somebody else buying a five hundred thousand dollar house in today's money. His rule is twenty five percent of your gross um, after tax, or excuse me, your net income should go towards your uh, max towards your your house payment, right? So it's a little more on the conservative fiscal you know side of things. Yeah. But the idea there was is that he said the same thing. He goes, when you buy that house and it's crazy, oh my gosh, prices are crazy. And he goes, interest rates go like this. And he goes, but the house keeps kind of clicking along at a, at a steady rate. And he goes. What you got to do is pay attention. He goes, as your house is appreciating, when the rates drop, if you really want to get a new interest rate, drop down. He goes, but make sure it's a no-cost interest rate. You know, like you don't pay a bunch to refinance it because that's the biggest mistake a lot of people do, I see, with VA loans and whatever else. They refinance to get the lower payment. But 
all of the VA funding fees and everything else get put on top. So now they lose equity. So even though the house is gaining value, they're paying all those fees. And even though it's a free loan, is it right? I mean, it's like, I don't know. Anyway. It's funny. It's funny because I, I do, when we're, we're talking, getting a listing ready, we, you know, one of the things we ask so we can give a net sheet is what, what your loan balance is. And they said, well, we've refinanced. And a lot of people don't know exactly what it no. is, but we refinanced. And, you know, when we bought it, because maybe I saw the loan at the beginning and maybe it was 300000 or I sold it to him before. It's 300000 And then all of a sudden now it's like 10 years later and it's, you know, two ninety. And they're kind of like, well, God, I should have paid off more than that. But they're thinking, because we never paid closing costs. But what you're doing is you're plopping the closing costs on top of the loan. And yep. so you didn't think you were paying closing costs, but you were paying closing costs. You you have to look at the numbers, Chris, because, and I know you well, would, but I mean, the consumer, um, when they also, they say, yeah, we're going to just, we'll finance closing costs right in there. And so also new balance goes from 300 to 310. Mm -hmm. And now you're, you're paying down 310 versus 300 but your payment is technically lower because you live in the payment, not the price. So, and that's 95% of America's way of thinking is like, I can afford that or I can afford that payment on that new ice castle or whatever it is. You know, it's like, yeah, be careful. Payments are chains to your legs, boys. Okay. So this next one is, is three photos. It's the last meme and it goes in with our um, retrofitting segment that is coming next. So check it out. There's currently a house under under contract in Indiana that looks like a flipper got a hold of a high school gymnasium and just said, screw it. <laughs> so, okay, well, look at that. Oh, okay, sorry, but that would be super cool. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, where these are good, and I think we're going to find when we talk about this whole retrofitting thing, is, is like that before would have been like, Oh my gosh, stay away from it. It's horrible. You, you know, you, you can't have this until Airbnb and uh, all that stuff came to play. Now it's like, how cool is that to stay in an old gymnasium, a basketball court? And I mean, it's cute. I, yeah. I, I wish that had like uh, like a hoop up or something too, but that is fun. I wonder if they just took, um, if that was actually an old school or if they, took the gym floor because a lot of those schools are maybe uh, an old yeah i know the old uh where the philadelphia 76ers play someone bought that floor and then they retrofitted and put it in one of their house, a house that they had and it was like the old you know the old spectrum floor pretty oh that's awesome good stuff. yeah all okay. right what else cool we'll get into the retrofitting segment it's gonna be brought to you by andy prasky preferred home team bam well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> I think you got to re it's time to redo one, Andy. I think Well, you too then. You have to redo yours if I have to redo mine. I've been in the business 25 years now. Listen, your uh, production, your professional TV crew will have to come back. Yeah. I, I did mine in my office. You had like a $30,000 crew come in. <laughs> graphs and well, I had to do something to make me look de somewhat decent. It's not easy. Voiceover. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> okay. What else? Show me some more retrofitting here. I kind of like this. I'm kind of into this. Oh, wow. This is an old school they bought. They bought an no old kidding. school and then turned it into, uh, I mean, a super cool house. The Corvette. Of yeah, isn't that neat, Andy? I know you've you've dealt oh, with yeah. these big showroom type things. Yeah, but I think that's where how you when you take an old school. I mean, obviously, if it's there's zoning issues that you got to deal with and all that, but you can create then things like that, big open gymnasiums or or big uh, display areas, um, which I think is 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 kind of fun. 
but you can't to build something like that. I mean, it would cost you so much. And so basically retrofitting something that's already there. Um, and, and maybe you don't have to do it all, but I can just imagine what the exterior is. So sometimes you get yeah. into these things and the costs are, uh, are out of this world, but they usually built schools um, with brick or some sort of um, materials that last a long time, you know, because they didn't want maintenance. They wanted to be have done and it was, it was good to go. Right. Well, this is, you know, something like that, the perfect example of where, like, and, and you never usually hear me talk pos real positive about Minneapolis as a city, the, the government. Um, but they did a couple years ago change their zoning laws where they're allowing, you know, duplexes, triplexes, apartments. They're letting you get creative with the spaces that are there. And even though the homeowners that are next door may not be excited about it because they liked it being a quiet warehouse that nobody was in. Well, now you go in there, maybe you make it into a couple condos or something cool. Um, biggest thing with buildings like that, um, if, if you look at the uh, cost to heat and cool those spaces, um, I highly recommend that you take a look at the insulation factors um, to get, you know, the energy efficiencies there because, or, or are you buying a very mild climate where you're not going to have the highs and the lows, you know what I mean? Well, imagine how many different furnaces they probably have too. Oh. Um, you, you, you to, like, let's say you get the building for free, but you spend, you know, 500, 600,000 to retrofit it into a house. Yeah. And then your, your heating and your electric bills are five grand a month. That would suck. Yeah. It becomes more of a, a, a life lifestyle type thing, but yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. So this was one of the oldest malls in uh, America that's been uh, retrofitted with small micro apartments, similar to, Kind of what Southdale is doing in Edina with Lifetime Fitness, uh, senior housing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I've, I've been playing around with that idea for so long. I just think it. You, you look at the malls nowadays. And what if you added, like took the JCPenney's and retrofitted it with senior housing, 55 and older. I mean, what are they, those guys are walking around the mall. And then all of a sudden now you're getting... Um, you know, stores that are coming in, maybe pharmacies, eye doctors, chiropractors. I mean, starting to fill that mall up along with the shops, give it some like, you know, more vibes in there. And, uh, and it's, and it turns into a income producing place again, rather than a place for crazy kids to hang out. Yep. Well, that was, you know, kind of like Southdale, um, you know, you have where they started adding apartment buildings that are in the parking lot of Southdale. Yeah. And you're like, why would they do that? That's so crazy. Hey, recognize what's there. I mean, that brings more humans, like you said, to the mall. Um, and people are looking for that. I mean, there's nice dining there. There was that. That was an interesting. You and I used to do those parties at that Westin that was right there. The, the um, mix. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And they had condo residents and hotel and whatever. I was like, they're in the parking lot of the Southdale. In, in my, you know, no offense. I mean, I'm sure it's very nice inside. I've never been in there, I don't think. But. Um, the idea there that you're in the parking lot of a mall, but yet it worked and it, it added to the vibrance of the area. It kind of complemented the high end feel that they're kind of going for. And, you know, there was literally underground tunnels connected to the Galleria. And so not only I, I think there's I mean, obviously, hey, we can walk and grab our groceries. We can. But just walking around and getting out in, like in the winter. I mean, that's a huge thing. I, you go to the mall in the winter and you see people walking all the time in there. So I just think that would be, I think that's a real it's interesting, which for sure. be, uh, yeah. you know, just making it better rather than, I mean, they're just going to tear these things down. Yeah. I mean, that's most of uh, apartment buildings outside the city center in Europe, you know, underneath you have all your stores you need, the pharmacy, the, the local foods, you know, and you can walk all around and do all that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. So you're saying they didn't build malls in Poland? They did. They actually, the malls are, um, people go to those a lot. It's kind of a hot spot to hang out. And there's four big ones in, in Biostock alone. Oh, well. But, inter but internet internet shopping isn't as big in Poland. Not, not, not as big, not as big. Yeah. Yeah. So people have to go there to be able to get their stuff. I mean, America like is, to get out. you know, there there's literally on Amazon, if I go on there, and uh, I needed, for construction site, I needed gloves and, and glasses. We didn't have them. I ordered them at like 4 o'clock, and the next morning I had them at my door. And it's like, it's crazy. I mean, that's just crazy. 
Yeah. So the, the yeah, whole thing about... Yeah, but you can't about, meet those uh, beautiful uh, Polish people that uh, your son meets if you uh, go online. You got to go to the mall, Chris, and then you walk around and have oh. dollar bills hanging out of your pocket. No, I we did. We did. And then Nick said, I can't talk to anyone or say anything. He's like, oh, my God, they think you're weird. Because I'm like, hey, how are you? You know? And he's just like, he's like, oh, but you can't talk to people. Go, oh, That's not oh, true. I talk to people here? all the time. What? It's a longer story, but we don't have time to tell it. Okay. Hey, this one is quite interesting here on the farm. Nice. Uh, That's kind of cool. I just showed a house that had one of these little Quonset hype hut type things. But then I start looking at it and I get the structures there. And it's, I'm like, oh, all right. Well, you could, we'll just spray foam it inside. And then we'll, you know, have it painted. We'll put it a new uh, cement floor. And then I'm like, well, but then the outside, maybe that needs to be redone. And then by the time you're done, it's kind of like, oh my gosh. But if they're in decent shape, and it's the same thing with Andy just said, you know, I mean, retrofitting what that thing was, I mean, from a Quonset hut to what they just designed there is more of a, just a cool, um, th- those are the kind of things that you want to be able to, to do. It's not because it's economical. It's because, hey, this is going to be cool, and, and and it is cool. And that's why, like I said, those Airbnbs, which and the problem with the Airbnbs now is that all the cities are getting tougher on them and saying, no, you can't do that. We don't want it day by day. And I don't know if that's the hotels doing it or if it's the neighbors doing it, that you have someone in there every, every different day. And so that's been kind of the problem. And it's uh, I just had a buddy that uh, bought a place and then – all of a sudden, uh, Maple Grove switched their ordinance, and now he's like, "Now I'm screwed because I was I was in the middle of buying it. Now he's just got to flip it instead of um, what his intention was is to be able to have this beautiful lake home um, that people could come in and, and rent by the week and make a crap ton of money on it." Yeah, so. yeah, it's interesting. I'm oh, good. I was gonna I was just gonna say I've been seeing a ton of my uh, retired um, uh, sellers moving north and looking for kind of that little bit of quiet when you want it, a little bit of nature when you want it, but they want to be near hospitals. They want to be near restaurants. They want to, you know, still visit the grandkids. They don't want to be too far away. So I'm, I've had a a really an unusually high concentration and maybe it's my age um, of those, those people that are, you know, looking for that. I want that small town up North, you know, Mayberry kind of feel to the town, but yet, you know, and so I think some of this retro is what I'm trying to say. Some of this retro stuff, I think you'll start seeing happen where they buy the, you know, the 40 acres with the, the old farmstead on there and they retrofit the house or the barns or the whatevers. I, I can definitely see that happening. Um, you know, it's well, even if it's a secondary type structure. So you have the house and everything, but now it's like, hey, this is a guest house where the grandkids can come up and hang out there. And well, I, you know, I, I just was uh, a new construction survey company got a hold of me. They, they, um, cause we did enough new construction sales last year where they were asking us as a, as a real estate agent, you know, that sells new construction. What do you feel about? And they asked us uh, like 50 questions. And one of the questions was, do you feel your local city is helping or hurting affordability? And they said with minimum square footages, with minimum lot lines, with uh, architectural controls, with, I mean, if somebody wants to build a 900 square foot um, box on a lot with what they can't, you can't, I mean, they just, the cities won't let it. And it's like, so are the cities cooperating with you? Or And like I said, I go, I think what was originally way back in the day designed to protect the consumer written by the consumer, like, Hey, we only want to have this kind of housing or this kind of whatever. And you can only have, like, I was up in Forest Lake. I'll pick on Forest Lake because I'm actually very upset with them. Um, the city of Forest Lake, we have a beautiful development ready to go. And they will not allow us to do more detached townhouses up there. They only wanted so many of the houses to be detached. Almost like it was like a, an income thing. And I'm like, guys, listen, detached, like, um, townhouse style, narrow lots. I can build two stories for young families. I mean, think about that young family that doesn't want to work their life away. They just want to have normal jobs and have a place to live and raise their family. Those kind of lots can be used. The the 45 foot, you know, uh, 40, 45 foot wide building pads. I can get, you know, 25% more lots in there, get you more taxpayers, get you more whatever. But I go, they, they don't want it. They, they We want these big 80 foot wide lots. 
And I go, why are you forcing us to develop something that the consumers are telling us they don't want or they yeah. can't afford? And so it's like th this survey kind of went back to, do you think the local municipalities could do a better job of, of, of basically, you know, being ready for change? And I said, I think they could. So you're going to start seeing a lot of pushback on these cities. So those of you at the city level that like the rules, we'll get ready for the rules of change. I think you're going to see some for affordability concepts being put into place where smaller lots, narrower lots. I mean, we did a project in Lionel Lakes like that a couple of years ago where they were they, they were originally detached townhome pads that we made into single family lots. They're 50 foot wide by 135 deep. They sold like hotcakes and everybody loved them because they were like 65,000 for a lot. Instead of 165,000, it was 65. Yeah. And then they, you know, they, they build a garage as big as they could. They build the house. And then there was rules like, well, we have to put on so much James Hardy on the front. That add eight grand. Nobody wanted it. Everybody had to do it. And it was like, you know, those little quirky things that I think that we really have to pay attention to as a, you know, as the, the, the move going forward. Because if nobody wants to sell their house and the only way we can do it is building apartments or building new houses, we got to figure this out. You know what I mean? The market's always going to dictate it. And you can't force you know, builders in which to do something that they don't think is going to turn around and sell. And why would right. you invest in that? It's almost, it's, it's just so backwards sometimes. But that's right? where we're at right now. I think yeah. there needs to be some big time reform at that level because you, you got to start listening to the builders. The builders are bringing you products that the consumers are asking for, or they're having success in other markets selling, you know, smaller homes, smaller lots. It's okay. Well, guys. We don't have to have every ounce of a palatial estate. Let's get some smaller, affordable, single-family homes. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, everyone bashes all these billionaires and big corporations and stuff. And I'll tell you what, if we didn't have them, we'd be a third-world country. <laughs> you know, I mean, these guys, there's a reason. They take big, huge risks. You know, they, 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 and they make money. I mean, there's, I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't see a problem with that, but whatever. Train car? School bus. School bus, nice. That's really cool. Isn't that something? Wow. I mean, that's that looks better than my sprinter, Andy. It, heck? Yeah, and you can actually move around in there. That is kind of um, I'll tell you what though, I could never, you know, I, I've I can't tell you how many videos I've watched of you know these RVs and they redo them and how they live and 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 do their thing and travel around. And there's that's I know that's one thing I could never do. I mean, I I go around and drive my sprinter around, but I, I drive it to a hotel. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not sleeping in the thing. It's just not basically you have a limo. It's a yeah, it's a different, I mean, I'm telling you, that's a different lifestyle. And I've kind of talked to those people like on the road and stuff, but I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I I just I couldn't do it. I mean, that is exactly, and I guarantee you that's a Airbnb type rent out each floor, uh, different rooms on it, uh, because that is, uh, I mean, who wouldn't want to go hang out and just go see it? You know, so you take a day or you take two days to be able to go there and do it. Is that an Airbnb, Nick? I'm not, not positive. Sure. I think that's someone's home. Wow. But that's, they, they're using those containers. That's a, that's a big thing that's going around now is using those, um, the containers and then just as your, you know, your shell, and then you kind of redo them, open them up and connect them together. And it's, uh, it is, it's, it's pretty cool. There's that. Hey, I, like I say, God bless America, man. If that's your thing, do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can throw it out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's almost like, like what your background is, Andy, you look at that, you're like, that could be so cool with, you know, one of those on the shores there and out in the middle of nothing. I've been, I'm trying to get this agent to get back to me, but have I told you about the town in Colorado that's for sale? Yeah. You, you told me, but I don't know if we've talked about it on the air. Yeah. And this thing is, this thing is super cool. And I'm like, I'm going to get like 10 people together and I'm going to buy this freaking town. And it's like 300, a little over 300 acres. And it's literally 
a town. There's a bar, there's a hotel, there's a house, there's some cabins and there's, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Who wouldn't want a town? And it's only like only, but it's like almost $5 million, which is not, I mean, the whole town. They, and I found, I went and did some research and I found um, way back when that the people who bought it, bought like paid like 2 million and then put in over 10 million into it and, you know, creating these things. And they're like authentic type. It's almost like uh well, you get the hotel and everything with it. Yes. Everything comes with it. The oh. whole town is on 320 acres, but yeah, I, I, I literally, I mean, just this week, I I'm trying to get a hold of her again and I'm ready to go fly out there on, on Sunday to go look at it and then come back Tuesday. And it's, it's real close to where uh, Nick played in college football yeah. and it's in the middle of nowhere but it's like there's three wells and uh it's it's kind of it's it's super cool yeah so anyways oh boy what do we got here market this we haven't done this for a while got a home in uh minneapolis kind of Cute little place. I want to see your guys' thoughts and how you would market it. Yeah. First of all, I would remove any sort of flags uh, on that. Um, it's just opening it up to everyone, whether or not, whatever it is. Um, but I think that's a cute little uh, two-story with a nice big front porch. I don't know, Andy. What do you think about the whole green uh, accent on there? I would. Um, I think I would. I go black. I think I'd go black. I think that would, you know, like the windows kind of have that black look to them. I think that would look sharp if you continued that. I trim the shrubs. Um, I would, uh, I, I actually like the cute charm of the flowers and everything. And, um, the the windows, the windows have to be new. Um, because you wouldn't have black windows back then. So that's pretty cool. But I, I 100% agree. I, I think I would take those green and, uh, half of them I'd make white and then um I don't know I think it's super busy it would be too busy with black I think the black windows and then you trim that where that that stained glass window is in the front door and put that black but then I think everything else white I think it would just yeah. that would really pop and where's well, that five ten six sixth street southeast okay roll uh roll down the pictures if you don't mind Nick I'd be curious to see the I thought I saw the hint of a garage in the back. That'd be one of the things that a lot of people that aren't in the city um, don't realize is what a premium parking is um, or off street parking or secured indoor parking. Um, well, all work. those are major features. Yeah. That would work. I'm, this, this depresses me because you see all that stained glass. The mansion I had downtown had all of the same stuff and it was ransacked when we were remodeling it. They stole everything. They stole all the oh, old, wow. old handles. They took mantles off the fireplaces and they um, st- took all my stained glass as well. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So then they, it's a new kitchen. Yeah. So they kind of got the old feel throughout. And then all of a sudden, then now you got a new kitchen, which is not huge. I mean, and many of them aren't. Very efficient. In Minneapolis, yep. yep. Yeah, a lot of times where that window is, there's a door going to the backyard, you know. The kitchen back then was a place that you cooked, you know. It right. wasn't uh, an entertainment place like Space, we, we yeah. make them now. Right. <laughs> green is a green, Yeah, I was just going to say, green's yeah. a common theme here. Yeah. Hardwood floors on the other on the upper levels. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I love the closet systems. Yeah, grab some conveniences. Oh, nice bathroom. Yeah, I wonder if there's a shower in there. Yeah, there it is. It is. You know? Washer and dryer right outside. That's unusual too. Yeah, <clears throat> that upstairs was redone. Those doors are newer. You know, they don't have the old charm like they did in the basements. Or in the main floor, I should say. Yeah. Okay. Looks like a nice place. Yeah, look at those. Look at the angles. Angles on the ceiling and stuff. Those are super cool. And would you, a lot of 
people are trying with even new houses they're trying to create these they're even filling yeah. in spaces just to kind of give it that um that old you know attic kind of feel right cool does this yeah, look, look at the basement it's got a lot of charm huh yeah look at those walls and they, cool. there they did with the ceiling you know they basically I mean, that's like an industrial look. This this house has so many different looks throughout, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of cool down there. And and to make it like a workout room is perfect. What is this up in like Whittier or where is this one? I think it's on, let's see. It's, uh, right, uh, it's pretty close to the river. The Holmes off University and Central. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good area. I mean. Yeah. Considering <laughs> new furnaces. A little porch off the back. I want to see if it has that. Yeah, there's a garage. You see it? Look at that yard. Wow. I know. It's a shocker. It's a That's a big yard. Like a decent price. Yeah, it seems very fair. But I really think that green, see more green. I really think that green has to be tamed down. Oh, look at all the. Look at the back of the house. Looks like it needs to be painted. Look at all the um doesn't the it doesn't have my imagination? Like above the window on the back. Yeah, or it's dirty. Right yeah. there. Yep. Look at the gardens. I mean, that's another, you know, that's a kind of a city thing. Be able to do your gardens in the city. Oh, there's that garage. I'd, see, I'd have that on the list. That'd be my listing photo, man. And look at that big space. It's like a double lot. Holy cows. Yeah. I think I'd, trim, I'd be trimming some look at those trees. I mean, this this is a thing that a lot of people don't think about. They always think about the house, but I'm telling you that outside and, and trimming yeah. up trees, it's that first impression when you come there. And the other thing it does, I mean, if you look at this picture on the left, it's as we're looking at it, I mean, you can't see the house. All it what it does to me is it says there's maintenance, you know. So you do one of two things. You got to trim that tree up or you don't show that photo because that's that's their first impression that's what they're going to be able to see so yeah and sometimes people don't understand that just because there's photos that are taken doesn't mean they should be shown and and it's i'll tell you the photographers try to give you every angle they possibly can um as they go through they try to get every angle every whatever just to show you what it looks like so you don't question them later and then the agents sometimes just show those photos because they think people want to see it and it's not necessarily the case. Sometimes it's more of a verification that this is a bad angle. And, you know, so. Here's on, on my listings, Andy, what we do, we have kind of a process, but I first go over there and obviously I think I get secure the listing. Then we send over um, our stager and um, Karin goes over there as well. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, after they get everything done, then we do our photos. Stacy goes and helps them with all the photos. And then um, at that point, we have to price it again. But I always wait to go see it. I want to see the photos first. So I got to see the photos because that's first impression. And sometimes that changes my mind. And you can totally change your mind. But like on this one, this one might really trick you when you're inside. But then if that's the case and you still want to keep that green because it does look good in person, then you have to settle it out on the photos because... I really think that green could knock people out and not even going to look at the house, which is crazy, but it does. And if it's just one of those things that three other ones come on at the same time, and all of a sudden that green is, little, oh, it's green. Oh, let's go look at these two. And then, oh, another couple came on and another couple came on. Oh, that one's sitting. Oh, the price came down. Now I'll go see the green one. And yeah. so it's just, it's a, it's so important from a listing agent standpoint. And I always tell people, ultimately, you're the boss, but I have to tell you this stuff. If I don't tell you this stuff, I'm going to tell you it 90 days later. And by that time, it's too late. And now you're going to get your butt kicked on your house. And that's not good. What is it? What is that uh, saying that Norm used to say on Cheers? It's a doggy dog world, Cliff, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Speaking of a doggy dog world, let's. Uh... Do a little pop quiz, see who's gonna win. Oh, Damn it! Is it from Minnesota? Or from, day. Is yes. it from Poland? Where is no, it from? It's Minnesota. In Poland, how many houses can one own? Zero. 
Who's first? Okay, for a real estate agent relationship to be enforced, which of the following is not required? The agent must be authorized by a written agreement. The principal has the funds to pay the agent. The agent must be a real estate licensee. The principal has the power to do what is being assigned. So for a real estate agent relationship to be enforced, not which required. of the is not required? Um, I'd say the second one. No, I was kidding. Um, That's what I would have gone. Seriously. I would have Yeah, because it, it really doesn't have to. The funds don't have to be available. Yeah, I'd say the second. Yeah, you can get it from. You don't have to get paid. I think. Yep. I, good Correct. Job, Holy crap, Chris. Let's yeah. quit while we're ahead. I wonder if we should do them together instead. Okay. Okay. I'll read. I'll read them and you answer them. Fines for non-compliant <laughs> under Regulation Z are imposed by which jurisdiction? Fines for non-compliance under Regulation Z are imposed uh, by which jurisdiction? Uh, Federal Reserve, uh, Municipal think, Court, County Court. Z, that's that's in financing, isn't it? I have I no think, idea. I think um, state attorney, attorney, which is spelled wrong. Uh, general's office. What kind of quiz is this, Nick? It's a turnry. Um, let's go with. Uh, I'll just go with <laughs> oh, is this a real estate exam ninja? Okay. Federal Reserve. Let's go with Federal Reserve. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, baby. Two for two. Suck it. That's right. We got two right. All right. All right. Uh, you want to read this one, Chris? Yeah, a type of lease that is common in retail properties requires the tenant to pay a portion of gross sales to the landlord. So this is what would be like at the Mall of America. They have that. Yep. And uh, I think it's a percentage lease. So the it's options are sales lease, net lease, gross lease, percentage lease. Yeah, I think I think the wording, I, I, I'm going with percentage. Percentage, lease. yes. 100%, baby. Three for three. Which, which of the following phrases is not discriminatory in an advertisement to lease a non-exempt 100-unit apartment complex under the Fair Federal Housing uh, Act? No handicapped alteration will be made. Uh, it's not discriminatory. Adults only, no children, no smoking on premises, females only. Um, which a, a non-exempt... Well, I think there's a trick here. 100-unit complex for the handicap part of it. Um, but think about this. It says it's not discriminatory. So that'd be the no smoking, right? No, you can do that because that wrecks your property. Um, it's not discriminating. It's non-discriminating. There's over 55 you can have. The smoking class is not protected. I think it's no handicapped alteration will be. It's, oh, it's not discriminatory. Okay, hold on. Adults. Not. Do you think it's adults? So think of it this way. What is discriminatory? So the handicapped, the children, the, I don't know what the last one is, there are pictures in the way, but the um, females, females only, I think smoking. That's not discriminatory. Yeah, let's, let's do that. You got to, you got to, yeah, there you go. You got to. We, uh, we should buy lottery tickets today, Rooney. We're, uh, uh, Okay. Um, I can't this, read the question there, but, uh, oh, in, in the reconciliation of an appraisal on a home in a large subdivision, the appraiser decision of value would rely mostly on which appraisal approach market, uh, market cost, data. Market, market data, reproduction or income. I would say market data. Yeah, for sure. Cause everything's right next to it. Yeah. Oh, so, Here we come. So simple. Okay, I'll read this one for you. Yeah. You look like you're getting tired. What is the indicated value of a home if the others in the neighborhood sold recently for between 160 and 167? The subject house has a pool valued at $8,000 by the appraiser. What uh, that the others do not have? So, what is the indicated value of a home if others in the neighborhood recently sold between 160 and 167? So, <coughs> I'm going with um, I'm going with number I'm going with uh, the second one. Yeah, between 160 and 160 or 175. So the answers are 168, 
160 and 175. Number three is 175. Number four is between 168 and 175. So I'm going to say between, I'm going to say the last one. Between 168 yeah, I think you're right. And They're giving it 8,000 for the pool. So it's got to be 168. Yeah, let's do it. We're on yeah, the I was, was going to answer that one quick and you, you slowed me down. Good job. You're the buyer's agent for Robert and Debbie, who will be selling their present home with you. In the purchase of 1234 Main Street, listed by ABC Realty, what is your agency relationship with all the parties? So you're the buyer's agent. Hold on. Go back. You're the buyer's agent for Robert and Debbie. Who will be selling their present home? They're, okay, they're going to sell their present home with you, but in the purchase of Main Street. What? Is this two different deals or what? So what is your agency relationship with all parties? So you're a buyer's agent, you're going to be a selling agent, and then you're, so you're a buyer and a seller agent, right? Well, that, that question's weird. It, it doesn't say we're representing the other buyer of it. But. Yeah, it says Robert. So here's your answers. Robert and Debbie are your current clients. The seller of 123 Main Street is your customer. Uh, you're a dual agent to all parties. Okay. Number so three. The seller of 123 Main Street is your client. Uh, you are a dual agent relationship with Robert and Debbie. Number four, Robert and Debbie is your customer. No relationship exists uh, with the seller of. And that's the last one is what I'm guessing. I agree. What? Wait a minute. Oh, shit. Then it won't tell us what it is. It's, it's the customer oh, thing, right? These are worded weird. These are from Poland. This is obviously. I mean, my gosh. Let's do two more. I mean, I mean, it was fine for the first six questions, but that seven one, that was stupid. All right. <laughs> the primary source of tax shelters and real estate investments come from which accounting concept? Jeez. Um, it's depreciation, really. I mean, that's what you get. So um, for listeners... Net, uh, net operating income is one. Number two is depreciation. Number three is boot. Number four talks is about a tax shelter. I'm going to say depreciation. Me too. All right. We're, we're back, back on the train. We're Train's back. back on the tracks, Rooney. Yep. Oh, boy. Jerry Wright, he owns a commercial building, estimates the depreciation of the physical plant at 15000 the furniture and fixtures, are we accountants here? The furniture and the fixtures at 8,000 and the machinery at 7,500. If he is in the 40% tax bracket, his tax savings would be, oh boy. So this is when I would read these questions in math class and decided that I should just be a landscaper or I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to make it as an accountant. Go to the next one. Uh, yeah. Well, well, hold we on. can't, so, Andy, we can't give track. legal or tax advice. So, but if we estimate depreciation at fifteen thousand, right? The furniture and fixtures at eight thousand, machinery seventy five hundred. If he's in a forty percent tax bracket, his savings would be, and that's that is his income off that property. I, I don't know. So I mean, thirty thousand five hundred, and then um, I don't think sixteen percent. Eighteen three is our guess. I don't think you can do. Um, some of those, but go ahead. <laughs> don't have me do you, your accounting. I don't think you can depreciate some of that stuff. Uh, right. when, when Franks bought their first home, some of their costs included payment of points, establishment of an escrow account, premium for title insurance, and commission to their own buyer's agent. On that year's income tax return, they may deduct the, let's see, escrow amount, title insurance, points, commission. Points. Points. Look at us. Chugga chugga choo choo. I mean, yeah. We're over we're overcoming these horrible questions, even. I know we are impressive. We're better together. I mean we we are we impress alone. each other yeah, equally. We we're wonderful. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up our show. Make sure to give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. We post three digestible clips uh, each week on Facebook and YouTube. Give us likes, thumbs up, and send us in any questions you have for next week. Have a great day.
Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.